Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Okay. Today's Chumash portion, the story of Yehuda and Tamar, Er, Enon, and Sheila, etc., is, uh, it takes too long to explain what's really going on over here, to be able to explain it in the context of our short Parsha punch. So I'm just going to zero in on one detail. Tamar sees and understands spiritually that she's supposed to have children together with Yehuda. Yehuda doesn't quite see that, which again underscores the greater vision of the women than the men. As great and as righteous as Yehuda was, still didn't have the vision that Tamar had. And, And so Tamar presents herself on the crossroads as a harlot, Yehuda has relations with her, she becomes pregnant. She asks Yehuda, how much are you going to pay me for this? He says, I'll send you a sheep. She says, and until you send me the sheep, how do I know you're going to pay? I want collateral. So she gives him, he gives her his staff and his signet ring and his cloak as collateral. Huh? He's in his wallet. Yeah, and his ID, everything, his passport. Gives him everything. Okay. She comes, then word gets out, Tamar's pregnant. Right? So, under certain halachic circumstances, she needs to be put to death for that. Because technically, she's already betrothed to Shayla, even though Yehuda has no intention of actually giving her to Shayla. Again, I don't want to get into the complications of the story and the deeper meanings. I want to go to one detail. Tamar is being taken out to be executed. When she's being taken out to be executed, she says, if you want to know who the father is of of what I've got in my womb, the, the father of these children or this child is the owner of this signet ring, this staff, this cloak. Yehuda goes, whoops. He says, okay. And he then marries Tamar, and either, according to one opinion, he never has a relationship with her again, another opinion, she becomes his main wife. Whatever. Yes, yes, that. Two things emerge from this. Okay? And that's what I want to focus on. One is, Rashi tells us, that we learn from Tamar's behavior that it is you, you are you should be prepared to be thrown into a burning furnace rather than shame somebody publicly. You should really that it's so bad to shame someone publicly that she was ready, she wasn't gonna say. If Yehuda didn't cop to it and say, that's my staff, that's my signet ring, and that's my cloak, had he not said it, she wouldn't have said a word. She would have gone to her death. Everybody knew his cloak. Maybe his signet ring, I don't know. But Rashi says... Right. He sent it to him. Didn't publish it in the newspaper. So Rashi says, so Rashi says that we learn from Tamar's behavior 
how bad it is to shame someone publicly that one should be willing to die before shaming someone publicly. That's one. What's the second lesson we, the second takeaway from today's Torah reading? Look at Yehuda. Right? He's being given an out. Most people are not going to understand the deep mystical experience of what's going on over here. That the Davidic line and the Messianic line was brought into this world and can only be brought into this world because it was such an intense light that could only be brought into this world if it was utterly concealed. Most people aren't going to understand that. Most people are going to say, wow, what's with Yehuda? Right? Not just then, future as well. And he's not ashamed, he's not afraid to admit it. Later on, we're going to learn that he got that inspiration from Ruvain. <clears throat> yeah. That he got that from Ruvain. So two takeaways. The first is, before you shame anybody else publicly, think a million times over. And even if the only way you can quote-unquote defend yourself under specific circumstances is to shame somebody else, there's a famous story in the Gemara where there was a get that had real problems with it. And the woman had already remarried. The woman had already remarried. But the get from her first husband was very problematic. So now we were going to have an issue with Mamzerim. And the get was brought to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai to be able to find some way that he would say that the original get was okay. They would permit the get. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai calls over his son Rabbi Lazar and he says to his son Rabbi Lazar, how do you write Gittin like this? What's the matter with you? This get is a mess. How did you write this? That created this problem. What does Rabbi Lazar say to his father? Lava no kosve. I didn't write this get. Yehuda chayte kosve. This guy Yehuda the tailor. He's the one who wrote it. Don't scream at me. He's the one who wrote it. Says Rabbi to his son Rabbi Lazar. So Rabbi Lazar is basically just defending himself. His father's calling him on the carpet for messing up the get. And he's just saying, I didn't write it. Someone else wrote it. What does his father say to him? Klach bin Lashon Hara. You spoke, you just spoke Lashon Hara about somebody? You should shut your mouth. So the first takeaway is, even if it's supposed, even if it's an, an event where you feel like you need to defend your own honor, you have to absolve yourself. People are finding you guilty of the worst things. Harlotry. Right? Adultery. You should go to the end of the earth not to shame somebody else publicly. To the end of the earth. And the second takeaway is if you messed up, own it. Own it. What's your problem? You're afraid, your ego, wah, wah, wah. You mess up, own it. May that form, these two important lessons of Avat Yisrael, which play such a central role in the bringing of Mashiach, without it, we, without Avat Yisrael, we can't fix the sinas that caused the Golas in the first place. So, so with that kind of selfless devotion, 
for the honor and the protection of every single other Yid, may we merit to see immediately the revelation of Mashiach and the Gula. May it happen now. Amen. Amen.